Hello there and welcome into Career Competitor, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm Steve Meller, delighted that you've chosen to join us for this episode. And before we go any further, let me direct your attention to careercompetitor.com where you can learn all about my services as an executive coach, culture consultant, and keynote speaker. What I am about is exactly what this show is all about, and it's that of optimizing performance, whether it be within your career, within your business, whatever point within your life, there's opportunities for you to reach optimal performance. We start by investing in our optimal self, and that's what you get to do on this show. You get to hear from competitors within their industries on what it means to invest in their optimal self, to know their best self, and to be so committed to it that it fuels optimal performance within their careers and beyond. Furthermore, I would love, while you're here, to take a moment on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to is on and give the show a follow, subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to take the time as well to click that fifth star. Those ratings go a long way to letting others know about the success and why they should be tuning in to such an awesome show such as Career Competitor. But lastly, while I have you here, take the time to get yourself a copy of Shock the World. It's my first book, and it's a competitor's guide to realizing your potential. You can get it on Amazon, or you can reach out to me directly on the website and get yourself a copy of the book courtesy of myself. I'll sign it for you, give you a personal note, etc., etc. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about that. But while you're here, we might as well jump into some great content. So let's welcome in our guest for today. Okay, today we welcome to the show a career competitor who brings elite knowledge of individual career and organizational growth when it comes to reaching optimal performance within your industry. As the founder and CEO of the North Shore Executive Networking Group, which happens to be the largest job search networking and coaching organization in the U.S. Our guest oversees a group of over 10,000 members, and thanks to a decade of their network meetings, webinars, workshops, and job search coaching services, he and his team have helped over 2,500 individuals to land new career opportunities. In addition, our guest has seen their award-winning writings published in the likes of Forbes, Newsweek, and Time magazine, while he also makes time to speak with alumni associations at universities such as Harvard, Yale, and Cornell, to name a few. And he's now decided to come and speak on the Career Competitor Podcast. It gives me great pleasure to welcome our first guest of 2023, Mr. Marty Gilbert. Marty, how are we doing? Doing great. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, New Year, we're, we're just a week or so into it. Uh, we, you alluded to it just before we press record here that things are busy. Uh, tell us a little bit about North Shore Executive Networking Group, everything that's going on there at the moment, and what you think our listeners need to know about it. Okay, maybe just from a, a little historical perspective, uh, the, the North Shore Executive Networking Group, or oftentimes folks in the group refer to it as NSANG, um, it, it's, it, it came out of my own personal situation. Um, I, I've been very fortunate. I've had a, I've had a great career um, and had some incredible companies that I've worked for and some, some pretty phenomenally fantastic and exciting jobs. But I did, I did throughout my career change jobs fairly often. Um, after um, a 15-year stint with Motorola. 
And, and, and in doing so, I became quite adept at being able to find my next career opportunity. So during one of my career changes, um, I decided to start up, uh, you know, a small job search accountability group. I pulled together five other people who, like myself, either were in the middle or latter stages of their career because those people were being very challenged because there weren't near as many opportunities for them. Um, and I started this group. It grew from six to 20 and to 50. And I landed my next opportunity rather quickly, but I kept the group going. So I moved the meetings to the evening so that I could work on my 50 hour a day uh, 50 hour a week, although it's something some, <laughs> feels like that sometimes. 50 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do that during the day and then still continue the, to really support this organization, which continued to grow at a very fast clip. So for about 10 of the 13 years that I've been doing this, I was doing it as a side gig. Um, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm a pretty classic lemons to lemonade type of story because I turned what was at the time a bad situation for me being unemployed into a pretty phenomenal business discovery that has turned into something very, very large, but most importantly, something that has made a difference in so many people's lives. Because when you're in a job search, it's not just the job seeker. It's that person's surroundings. It's their family members, their close friends, everybody who cares uh, about them. And so you're really impacting people's lives. And I'm just so happy to say I've, I've been able to impact for you know a number of people in a very positive way how to get back into the game and, and working again. And so the group now is, you know, we've got a series of events going on virtually every two weeks. I do a lot of free sessions on LinkedIn Live. Um, in fact, in my last session, I had over 650 people register for it, just a half an hour thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I have regular webinars uh, that are typically two hours. I have workshops that are going on. Those are three-hour sessions. In between, I'm doing a lot of job search coaching, either through my packages or through my one-on-one -on -one custom coaching services. Um, and I'm also taking in, uh, I'm doing a little bit of talent recruitment for companies who want to advertise in the NSCNG newsletter, our LinkedIn group, and on our website. So um, it's it's really become you know something far bigger than ever I I, I would have expected when I first started. But I got to tell you, it's it's really been the most satisfying job that I've ever had. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. And again, we we discussed this before we press record here. This what I really. I'm excited about with this particular interview is that you are a story of entrepreneurship and in building a business and building it based off of a side hustle, which is such a, uh, it's a story that we've all heard a hundred times over. It starts as a hobby. It starts as a side hustle. It becomes your everyday all day. And that's very much your story. But at the same time, you're serving people who are trying to build upon and grow their careers too. So we've definitely got a twofer within this particular episode, which I'm really excited about. But we're going to stick with the first part here. But to begin with, Marty, just your growth and your development. And you alluded to it there. You've had these you you went through a series of different jobs, many different jobs, many different switches over a period of time, even after having a significant stint with just that one company in Motorola to begin with. I'm curious, what was it you noticed that kept you wanting to find something different during that time? Because at the heart of that, I think there could be some information that people can relate to here because a lot of people get that itch they get that itch to jump and go do something different i'm curious from your perspective what was it that was having you make those jumps on a pretty regular basis 
I, I would have to say for me personally, I, I think I'm in, inherently a pretty curious individual. Mm. My, my path in my career and in my life for that matter has not been a straight line. Um, if I think back of when, when I graduated my uh, undergraduate university, I didn't go right into the workforce. I, I, I worked for a few months to earn enough money so I could put a couple thousand dollars in my pocket and then put a backpack on my back and go to Europe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, back in that day, you could you could travel in Europe on five dollars a day, and I did. Mm-hmm. I went there thinking I would stay for about two months, and seven months into my, my trip, I was still there. Yeah. Um, so I had an opportunity to 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 really go off and do something different, so that when I came back, I, I was a different person, um, and it has really enriched my life. I worked with an ad agency as a writer here in Chicago, but then I ended up moving to Japan. I took a job with the largest ad agency in the world. It's a company by the name of Dentsu. At the time I worked in Tokyo, there were 6,000 employees in the company, but only five of us weren't Japanese. And I was helping some of the most famous Japanese products to be exported to places like Europe, other parts of Asia, Latin America, but particularly to the United States. Um, and so the Sony Walkman, the VCR, the microwave oven, of course, all the car and camera companies. Mm. So my my career has started out in a rather unorthodox way. And, and so when I eventually went to work for Motorola, I, the reason I, I left was not because I wasn't happy with my career. I was very happy. 15 years and and had a, a lot of great progression in the, in the firm but I was always curious what would it be like to work in an environment where I didn't have this huge name behind me where I didn't have 140,000 employees and I was just this tiny speck on the dot right on, on the map I wasn't even you know significant to the company so I started looking at mid-sized companies and got an opportunity to run one, uh, got an opportunity to run a company um, in the sports data industry. Now, I had a very strong interest in sports. I played a lot of competitive sports um, in my younger days, and I was very interested in analytics and data. Um, as a kid, I, I collected hundreds of baseball cards, hugely popular in the United States, and, and I would memorize statistics of these ball players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear I had an opportunity to combine them together, and I, I came in to, to run this sports information company for a few years. Now, what's interesting is eventually there was a very well-known book and movie made that involved this company because i don't know if you're familiar there's a a movie that that starred brad pitt and jonah hill called moneyball um well the company that was feeding all the sports data to this baseball team was this company stats incorporated which i was running at the time and um and it's just you know it's, it's probably you know a good example of you know, it, it it was curiosity that took me over to that company, but then a string of other mid-sized companies um, that that were leveraging off of my core and tremendous training at a company like Motorola, um, where I did have opportunities to do things entrepreneurial within this big framework. But I really wanted to be in a, in a company that you could really get your arms around in total and then see the impact and fruits of your labor week in and week out. I love that. And the main reason for my question was actually to try to pull a little bit of your personality because I think that's so important in entrepreneurship is that you are aware of your personality, your identity, but you're committed to it as well. It's one thing knowing who you are, but then to say, listen, I'm going to actually 
use my personality, use my identity to actually drive my decision-making in the process, that's another thing. And that takes courage. That takes real courage to bet on yourself and believe in yourself. And it's, it's something I've now been doing for a couple of years myself. But listening to you there talk about curiosity being a huge part of your identity. And I hear things like comfortable with change, adaptable, you know, comfortable and, and curious about intimacy as well, like getting into an intimate position with an organization. I'm curious as you started to now move towards the beginnings of North Shore. So about 10 years ago now, and you decided to make this decision of 100% Marty, you know, no, no, not working for anybody else, but 100% Marty. Where, where were you trying to start with that? What was the main focus to begin with in terms of ensuring that you held on to those values that had obviously served you so incredibly well throughout your career? Yeah, I, I think because the, the motivation for me starting it was to, to, to give back and to help people in need because I had been a person in need. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I knew what it was like to be in your fifties and, and, and looking for a job and having a family to support. Um, and, and just knowing that it's, it's a, it's a really tough emotional situation to be in. And so, you know, my, my initial motivation for setting up the entire group was to help those that had, you know, that were going through exactly what I had been through because I, I knew and understood it emotionally. But I also knew and understood what it take to land a lot quicker than what a lot of people were were seeing. So I wanted to impart and share, you know, my knowledge uh, with with folks that were struggling. And, you know, for me personally, one of the, the greatest rewards are when I get these emails back from people in the group who are telling me, hey, I've got some great news to share with you. I did this and this, and it really made a difference. And I'm starting a new job in two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so to me, that's that's the greatest reward. OK, um, separate and apart from that is the opportunity to really run my own thing. And to run it at my pace, um, with my priorities, um, and be able to do the things that I want to be doing when I want to do them. That I mean, that to me is is so nice. Um, but I get the opportunity to experiment with something different almost on a weekly basis. Um, I, I love that because I mean, we live in a world today that's just absolutely engulfed in technology, and and there's so many things that are coming out, new things online. That you can experiment with. And I've grabbed a hold of, of some of those things. I mean, Zoom is a great example of sure. that and what we can do on that. Things that I do on LinkedIn Live on a regular basis where I'm suddenly getting in front of oh, huge audiences of people. Um, and so I, I like the opportunity to experiment with new things. And, and so early on, you know, absolutely. And, and the mission has never changed for this group. It's all about helping people land their next job in a shorter period of time. Because the one question that nobody can ever answer when they're in a job search is how long is it going to take? Mm -hmm. And I said, anybody who tells you they can guarantee you a job in 60 days, 90 days, they are not being honest with you because there are just too many variables that come into play, one of which is a company's inability to decide. Um, and that oftentimes is the biggest obstacle for, for some job seekers. So, um, you know, to me, the, the, the ability to help people in a, in a, in a much more condensed period of time to move on with their lives and, and, and really get things, you know, going in a much more positive direction is, is, and, and will continue to be, you know, the mission behind this organization. 
Yeah, which is wonderful to hear. And it's something I relate to massively as well. You know, here I am doing executive coaching and it's very easy from the outside looking in for people to assume that one's reason to run a business is to is to profit, is to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And for people like yourself and I, we have very authentic reasons as to why we're doing what it is we're doing. And it just so happens that we can charge people for it in the process. And I think that's really important in entrepreneurship sometimes to realize is that while, yes, you want to get to that point of success and profit, et cetera, et cetera, at the heart of it, if those principles aren't something that really not only sit with you, but are things that you remain committed to, then it's always going to be difficult for you to actually one day see the fruits of your labor, actually truly benefit from success of the the whatever the service may be that you're offering. So I have to ask, 10 years in, here I am just a couple of years into business ownership, and here you are 10 years in, how do you find how do you find the ability to, or let me reframe that, how, how easy is it for you at this point to consistently remain true to those principles that were there on day one when you got that first person to officially commit or maybe invest and uh, you know, pay for a service within the company? How are you still able to do that uh, up to this day? I, I got to tell you, in all honesty, it's no different today than it was early on. Okay. The, the difference is the group is obviously much bigger, but the way I interact with the members is no different. Uh, the, the biggest difference is I'm doing, of course, everything online as a result of the pandemic. Um, but up until then, it was all face to face. The one thing, the one big thing that has changed for me, and, and it's and it's a positive, um, that when the pandemic came, I overnight became a global business. Uh, because I was no longer Chicago area centric because all my meetings were face to face physically in front of people um, and all the events were that way. And now having moved everything online, I'm I'm reaching people all over the world um, as a result of doing things, you know, on platforms like this. Um, but the way I am communicating my message has has not changed um, and, and I'll just bring up, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're getting a sense for for what I'm about, what my personality is about. And probably the greatest example that distinguishes me is, in fact, my what the hell approach to job search, because I have had a what the hell approach to life for such a long time, because the attitude is what the hell do you have to lose by doing things that other people aren't doing? Now, I did a lot of things before I started this business that were very different from a lot of other people. Having gone to Europe for seven months, having moved to Japan for two and a half years, 10 years later, moving to Hong Kong to run you know, a sizable sales organization for Motorola. A lot of people don't do these kinds of things, but it's that curiosity and my, my willingness to say, well, what do I have to lose? You know, I can walk and even if it doesn't work out, I can walk away with having had a phenomenal, a phenomenal or a phenomenally interesting experience. Right. And and I, and I think that's important. And it's of course, it's really important for the job seekers because they've got to be willing to break out of their shell. You know, you've got to be willing to try new things, take chances, be willing to fail because 
failing oftentimes is a good thing because you're learning something in the process and you know, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spend more of my time on these other things that seem to be giving me greater return. Um, but you'll never know if you're doing everything the same day in and day out. We know that definition so well, right? The the whole insanity route. And so um, you've got to be willing to, you know, to change it up and and constantly be learning and trying new things. And I've just been a big believer in doing that. Oh, I, I get that in abundance. And I have to say that I, I have certainly graduated from the school of the <laughs> what the hell approach myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've got my doctorate in that at this point. Uh, and so I, I love that you're putting that out there. And I, I, I like how you've actually seamlessly moved the conversation to here because it actually allows us just to get a little bit now into the conversation of how it is you provide the success stories beyond 2,500 positions landed uh, through your work, over 10,000 members, as we alluded to in the introduction. When it comes to, let's go back to that mission of the company, helping people find the job in a shorter period of time, where would one start? And again, I know that can be a huge generalization. You have so many people with so many different backgrounds, and you alluded to a few sort of print, um, a few different mindsets that one can have when it comes to the job search. But when someone reaches out to you, Marty, what tends to be that place where you start with them? Your value proposition, <laughs> absolutely. And the reason I say that is that you know, looking for a job for one thing, is, is almost no different than prospecting for a new client or a new customer. But whenever we introduce new products into the marketplace, what do we do? We define that product. We defi define what value it has. We get the, you know, the positioning and the messaging just right. We determine who's the audience we're trying to reach because you can't have a product that necessarily speaks to everybody in every vertical market. So we define that, you know, that target audience or audiences. And then we develop an outbound marketing campaign to get the word out to those target audiences. Well, that's the definition of product launch. But the definition of a job search is no different. The only difference is that you are now that product. Now, this is where a lot of people get uncomfortable because they don't like talking about themselves, right? right? And many of us were brought up in an environment where it says it's not about, about you or me, it's about us, the team. Sure. But this is your opportunity to brag and because people are buying you as a product and what you bring to the table, what value you can offer to them that they don't have today. You've got to distinguish yourself as the missing piece. So that's why I say the value proposition is absolutely the starting point. And you've got to be able to craft it so that you create differentiation versus your competition. Okay. What makes you better and different and unique for the position I'm trying to fill? Or by the way, there are a lot of companies that don't advertise jobs. That's the hidden job market that you can also market yourself into. So you start with your value proposition summary. Well, it's going to appear in your resume. It's going to appear in your LinkedIn profile, of course, in the about section. Um, and you've got to then be able to define, define who are the target companies I'm going after. Mm. Well, I oftentimes encourage most job seekers, start with the industries where you've been. That's your strong suit. It can be a differentiator because one of the easiest ways for companies to eliminate good candidates is if they aren't an industry match. And we've got other candidates here who are. Mm -hmm. All things being equal, if we've got you know two, three, four candidates that have similar skills, 
and one of them doesn't come from the industry at all, well, it's real easy to let that one go and focus on the others who do because it's a less risky choice. Risk mitigation comes into the hiring process in a big way, particularly for people that have customer-facing jobs. If you come from sales, marketing, product management, okay, maybe even some operations, Boy, if you if you don't have that industry experience, and I'm talking more for people that have been in the market in the in the job market for at least seven or eight years, one of your greatest assets is that industry knowledge. But if you're a customer facing uh, you know individual who's in a job search, that industry fit becomes ever more important and ever more critical. Um, and so I tell people start first with the industries where you bring strength and you can tell those stories. And because by the way, one of your convincing points is I can hit the ground running real quick, a lot quicker than people that don't know and understand this industry or this business. Mm -hmm. And so like any good product, you've got to be selling on the things that are among your greatest assets. Industry knowledge is one of them. Um, an understanding of whatever your job discipline is, whether it's sales, marketing, measurability, what tell us about the, the before and after picture? Okay, you came into this company, you stayed there for three years. You know, what was your impact? And if there is some quantification, some metrics, all the better, because now you can say, Hey, I increased sales by X, I, you know, decreased, you know, downtime by Y, um, I decreased cost, I increased productivity, any number of different criteria. Um, but these are the kinds of things that 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 sell because there are not a lot of companies that are buying talent based on emotion. Okay, we buy candy bars and chewing gum based on emotion at the cash register. Right, but we don't buy people in that same way. We rationalize it to the nth degree that it sometimes takes forever um, because we want to make sure we're making the absolute right choice because we know when we hire the wrong person, it can be very, very costly. Absolutely. And something you said there, right there towards the end, things that sell that they, that people, you, you gotta be something that can be marketed and is worth investing in. And this is, I really like how you've described this because again, if you're listening to this as someone who, is in a position in their career that is driven to find some new levels and new heights and they're not sure about how to go about the the job search and the resume and all this kind of thing. There's some amazing blueprint that you've just provided here, Marty. But at the same time, if you're a an entrepreneur, if, if you're a business owner and you're listening to this, you should be taking the exact same information. You you need to be marketable. You need to be someone that's worth investing in. This is the, exa the exact same direction that you can take as a business owner as you can as someone who's just simply working within their career. I love this information. And again, another thing that you said in there too is the product launch notion. Is, is, is And, and I, I can't help but think the resume obviously has something massive to play uh, when it comes to that. And I have to ask, because I, I think it's always, it's one of those million dollar questions. It's like, what makes, what makes the resume stand out? What is that, you know, someone's going to be filing through all these resumes or clicking through it on their computer. And for whatever reason, there's something about a resume somewhere that makes them stop, that makes them want to read it. I mean, in your experience, what is it? What's that X factor when it comes to the resume? Yeah, I, I would say the value proposition, because it sits right at, up at top, it's the hot sure. spot. 
it gets the most read time. It should be somewhere be, between, say, 70 and 100 words uh, that summarizes your background. And it's going to be loaded with keywords, key phrases. So what are the right keywords or key phrases for you as a job seeker? Well, you should be looking at job descriptions that you typically would respond to and just grab a highlighter and, and start highlighting those key requirements in the job. And those will become the keywords and the key phrases that should appear not only in the value proposition summary at the top, but they should be filtered throughout every one of your jobs and your accomplishments because they're they're running these resumes through applicant tracking systems. It's looking for keywords. It's one way to try to increase your chances of getting a phone screen at the beginning stages um, of an uh, the interview process. So to me, that's you know that's one of the most important things is just get get the right con- content with the right words um, filtered throughout your resume. But I I will mention one really important point that a lot of job seekers overlook, and it's the power of the cover letter. Hmm. Okay, I tell people resumes tell, but cover letters sell. Okay, when I talk about a cover letter, I'm really talking about an email. But a lot of people think of it as a cover letter. It's not an attachment. It's the actual email. But what it does is it cuts to the chase. It, it it's going to be much shorter than a resume or a LinkedIn profile. And quite honestly, that's a lot. There's a lot to read in both of those. Um, and you're asking the reader, you got to decipher whether or not you think I'm worthy of having an interview. But in the cover letter, if it's written effectively, and I have I have been able to develop a way you can write highly customized cover letters in less than 15 minutes. And most people tell me they don't write them because it takes them two and three hours because everyone has to be customized to the company or to the job. But with the approach that I've taken, you can do them really fast and highly tailored, but it gives the reader a few examples from your past that are relevant to the most important requirements of the job. And now you've got their attention. Hmm. You've got their attention in a bigger way than a resume and a LinkedIn profile can do. And by the way, you are controlling the story. You're controlling the narrative here. You know, it's not giving them a two or three page resume and say, hey, you determine whether or not you think I'm worthy. No, I'm going to give you a couple paragraphs. I'm even going to highlight certain things in it. I'm going to distill it down. That's one of the arts of writing. I tell people, you know, the, you know, the pen is far mightier, mightier than the sword, right? Is that it's going to connect the dots between key things in your background that are relevant to that job or to that company. That's get that gets interviews. And a lot of people say, well, geez, I got rejected by the applicant tracking system within 15 or 20 minutes. And I go, it doesn't matter. What the hell do you have to lose by going around that system and going directly to the decision makers? Because you can find all the hiring managers and their peers that will influence a decision for hiring right on LinkedIn if you really know how to use the platform. Yeah, I, I, this there's some very straightforward approach here, and people hear something like that, and I hope they don't hear me dismissing what it is you're offering by when I say that, because I, what I mean by it is that if you're if you're confident enough to sell yourself, and you're confident enough to actually try to seize control of the hiring process then you can be successful. And it, and you talk about what the hell approach. I mean, it that's it right there. I mean, there, there is such a what the hell mindset required to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to sell myself and I'm going to try to take control of this process 
in order for me to get what it is I want out of this process. And that is, it's bold, it's courageous, but it's there's a simplicity to it as well that I have to assume, and you can obviously speak to this, is pretty effective. Extremely. This is just one of my 13 what the hell moves. Sure. But it really works. Um, and it, it it is that that willingness to kind of step out of the easy the easy route. The easy route is to hit submit and hope for the best. And I tell people when you take that that attitude, you are saying I'm fine with a hundred to one odds. I said because that's how many good resumes are are being submitted to that job. Mm-hmm. But if you take this this you know somewhat different approach, that is as you said, it's confident. But it's proactive. You're taking the initiative and you are taking control of your fate by doing this. You will get far more activity. I've seen it not only for myself, but for hundreds of people that I've coached because other folks aren't doing this. And you got to stand out. Okay. Like any good product, there are there are hundreds of chocolate bars out there in the marketplace, but you are just one of them. And how do you stand out? You've got to do things that put that bar in the hand of the person who can buy it. And that is what we're trying to do here. You got to create visibility, got to get credibility. You got to be willing to take the initiatives, take control of your fate and make things happen for you because it, the best people do not always get the job. They don't. Yeah. That's, okay. that's a, and that's a reality that's tough to swallow for most. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people think, well, geez, you know, if they like me, they'll call me. Mm-hmm. Well, they may never see you. They may never see your resume. You might have been resume number 101 and they decide to cut the gate at, at 100. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know that. And they're not going to send you a courtesy email saying, oh, you know what? Sorry, but you were a little bit too late. And we've already we've already got five other candidates. Um, no, you've, you've, you've really got to, you know, to get this thing going and make things happen for you without waiting for things to happen to you. I love that. I love that. And, and, you know, this is a show that's all about the competitive mindset, embodying that competitive spirit in order to, as I say at the beginning of every episode, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire to jumpstart or optimize your career. And you think about what you've discussed and presented to us here in the last 30 minutes. And to sum it up, like take control of your fate is such a competitive spirit. There's there's a competitive element to that, that if you're willing to embrace it, good things can really start to happen for you. And as I, as I allude to there in my mission of the show too, this doesn't have to be for someone who's simply stuck in a job and they're frustrated or whatever it might be. This could be someone who just simply knows that while things are going well, they're capable of even more. They can go to new levels and maybe that slight shift of mindset to take control of their fate is just the only last missing piece that they need to put into place in 2023 in order to make some things happen. So with that being said, Marty, the last thing I would want to do is for you to leave here without telling people how they can reach out to you and, and get some of this information because you only gave us a little snippet today. And and so if anyone's hungry for more, I want them to be able to reach out to you. So f- firstly, if you have any more thoughts, please share them. And secondly, please share how you we can also reach out to you. Well, I, I will say that for your listeners that are in a job search or aren't happy with their current situation, by all means, you should join the NSENG organization. It's free. You've got no downside here. You're going to get three webinar recordings from me for free and the opportunity to interact with our 10,000 plus members. The website is NSENG 
inc.com. So that's nsanginc.com. You can also email me. I do a lot of complimentary uh, job search coaching exploratory conversations if you're interested in the possibility of working with an outside coach. And you can always email me at martygilbert1 at gmail.com. So it's M-A-R-T-Y-G-I-L-B-E-R-T, the number one at gmail. Um, you should join our LinkedIn group. Um, if you just go into the groups on LinkedIn, plug in NSENG, and you ought to join our group because we we are posting job uh, opportunities there. There's it's a but it's a it's a really safe place to network with people um, because you you want to have exchanges of ideas and and sharing of uh, of thoughts with folks. So um, that's an, another great place to, uh, to go within our organization. And you ought to you know on our website you ought to check out all the these webinar recordings the workshop recordings I've done a lot of radio and tv interviews that that are up there as well you know so there's 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 no shortage of of resources and and i think lastly i just you know, i want the those in, that are in a job search you don't need to go through this alone okay mm. Um, we don't go through life alone we don't need to go through a job search alone um, there are plenty of people that are are happy to help you and i will tell most of you will find your next job through somebody you did not know before you started your job search. Think about that. It's not not necessarily going to come from your family, your closest friends, your relatives, but from complete strangers before you started because people today really get it, the whole idea of giving back because they know many of them have been through it themselves or realize that someday this is going to be me too. And so far more people today are, are willing to, to reach out and, and make an introduction that could absolutely make a difference in your life. Absolutely. At the heart of everything you just said there, Marty, connection and communication. Uh, sorry, connection and community is what I meant to say. And it, it, that is so powerful. It's going to be so strong for anybody that's going into the job search, the job market. But at the same time, this sounds like a great place just to simply network, as you said, just to yeah. create that community. Because maybe today and maybe tomorrow is not when you look for a job. But wouldn't it be great to already have this phenomenal network in place when that day actually does come? So Marty, I really appreciate the time I could probably do multiple episodes with you. There's tons of content to cover in this space. But firstly, thank you for your generous time uh, here today, certainly for the numerous insights as well that you provided. And best of luck heading, heading into 2023 and all the best. Look forward to remaining in touch as well. No, thanks so much for the opportunity. All the best to you and to all of your listeners. It's going to be a great year. Definitely. Hey, don't go anywhere. I've got my final thoughts coming up from our guest today. So please take some time, give it a moment, take a drink. I got a couple more minutes I need to get out of you. Some final thoughts. Here we go. What a great way to start 2023's interviews, having Marty join us on the show today. And I really want to focus on some of the keywords that he provided towards the second half of our conversation. When you look at things like value proposition, defining your product, messaging, target audience, outbound marketing campaigns, product launch, people, it's so important that you understand that you are the product. You are what is being sold to each and every company that you want to be employed by. And if you're in the entrepreneurship space as I am and as Marty is, 
How are you doing the same thing when it comes to your own company as well? These are some really key insights that if you're listening carefully and you're writing notes as frantically as I was throughout our discussion, you should be able to pinpoint the themes that Marty's providing that can take you from where you are to where you want to be. And that is what this show is about. We are trying to, as I said there, jumpstart or optimize your career. And Marty has given you some intel here, folks, that can really set you apart when it comes to how you present yourself to job seekers. Take those words of encouragement. Take a chance, be willing to fail, and look at things from a what-the-hell mindset. Because at the end of the day, the worst thing someone can do is turn you down. That's about it. That's as bad as it's going to get. Okay, so think about how you can approach either getting that new job or selling your product or selling your company to someone else, to another organization in a way where they cannot help but notice you, consider you, and potentially hire and or invest in you as well. So I hope you feel driven and fueled the way I certainly do off the back of Marty's insight. I know I'll certainly be applying some of what he's provided here to the work that I do each and every day in the growth of my own company. And I hope to hear that you're able to go on and build a 2023 for yourself if you are someone who is open to a a new job or new opportunities that you'll apply some of this content as well. In the meantime, so many interviews lined up here in the front half of 2023 that I'll be going and recording over the next few weeks. The approach to the podcast in 2023 is going to be trickling in just episodes of myself along with interviews as well. So I'm excited to have that format. It's going to provide a little bit more content for you from my perspective as an executive coach so you can start to get a feel of how some of the principles, some of the strategies that I use with clients of my own can benefit you as well. So I look forward to some of those individual episodes, plenty more interviews coming your way as well. And in the meantime, as always, best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to doing this all again with you very soon. Bye for now.